0: Welcome to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. Alex is one of five Australian Certified Practitioners through the Institute of Functional Medicine and focuses on identifying the root cause of disease by taking into account an individual's genes, environment and lifestyle for treatment. She's the principal naturopath at Healing Hands Natural Health Centre in Ipswich, Queensland. Along with her talents as a Western herbalist and nutritionist, she has also excelled previously as a midwife and registered nurse. At Alex's practice, health is a right, not a privilege.
1: Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Bindi. It's great to be back in the chair.
0: Yeah. Now, as always, we have a disclaimer for you. Now, you're not a medical doctor. I am not. But you are one of the seven individuals in Australia who can call themselves a functional medicine practitioner. I can. And uh, you're you're not a fake. You're the real deal.
1: No. You know, and I always say I don't want to... Be disrespectful for all those people who um, know they practice some form of functional medicine because all naturopaths, nutritionists um, do look at the function of the human body. But the thing about being a board-certified functional medicine practitioner is that, other than the fact that you have to literally give half an adrenal gland to do the study, <laughs> um, it um, it actually digs deeper and and and, and um, it just—I always say like natural n- natural medicine sort of identifies the dots, whereas functional medicine helps you connect them.
0: That's a great way of looking at it. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so I am the real deal and I've got my little crystal-y thing to tell you that and, as I said, half an adrenal gland left from all the (laughs) stuff. And $25,000 bit of paper on my wall. Mm. So there you go.
0: Now, uh, today we're talking about male fertility or the decline of male fertility and and sperm count.
1: Yes. So I know we've done talks on fertility in itself and we've alluded to this, but a recent book put out, and I just said to you, Bindi, before, Shana Swan wrote this book um, um, on, um, I think it's called Countdown, the book. And it's about why um, how everyday chemicals are destroying sperm counts in humans and animals. And I said to you, "Well, this this woman wrote the book that I was always going to write." Mm. Um, so basically, um, ba- what it, look backtrack to the eighties in in the a lot of the articles, and I think in even Charles Swan's book, it suggests that it's, it was as early as the nineteen nineties. But I can guarantee, I was sitting in my car because it was my RX three, <laughs> so I know it was before kids. And I was driving somewhere and I was listening to Triple J. I think it was even Double J in those days. So I was still in Sydney. So it had to be before 1989 when Zach was born. Mm-hmm. So it was in the 80s and this guy who I can't remember his name was on, um, on Double J and he was saying that male fertility will drop 10% per decade unless we do something about it because of all the chemicals in the environment. And he got, you know, he got vilified. Mm. It was basically like even the, de- the the people who were interviewing were having a bit of a smoke, but you know this is the eighties; they've known about it. So, um, well, one line person, and you know they always say truth first. The truth is ignored, then it is um, vilified, and then it is accepted as universal truth. And mm-hmm. we're at, we're getting to that point now. But again, it's because it's so oh, excuse me because it's so pervasive. People, it's just too hard to believe. Yeah. So basically why is this happening? So why it's happening is because a lot of the chemicals that are in our, and they are ubiquitous and pervasive and persistent, all those horrible things mm. that are everywhere, everywhere in our environment, a lot of them have the capacity to disrupt our endocrine signaling. What does that mean? Well, let's go back to, I think it's 1895, you can look it up. A patent went out on a substance that they wanted to use as an oestrogen replacement. Mm. You know what the name of that substance was? You probably remember this. Is it BPA? Correct. Mm. Bisphenol A. So bisphenol A, as we know, is um, BPA and it is it what's it, it is what makes plastic pliable. Yeah. So any of the soft plastic, basically... Um, cling wrap basically um those one use only water bottles Mm. all that sort of stuff was initially patented because molecule for molecule it mimics estrogen on the receptor site they found something stronger and slightly more toxic called cybestrol so they some bright spark decided to make bpa into plastic so it was never really used as an endocrine as a um, estrogen replacement but that's when it started so how amazing are we that we are a century and a quarter in and we're only starting to have real problems now? Our bodies are amazing,
0: mm.
1: right? So it's 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 this. So what, what, what does it actually mean? So in the old days, the EDCs used to be called xenoestrogen, xeno as in foreign and estrogen as in estrogen. So we've got different types of estrogens and we have different types of estrogen receptor sites. Boys have estrogen as well as girls. All oestrogen is made from testosterone. Mm. That's how it works on the steroid hormone pathway. And, yes, I learned this one in functional medicine. We made a jigsaw puzzle out of it. <laughs> My colleague and I, we still have nightmares about that freaking jigsaw puzzle, but it actually bodes me well now. So basically through this form called aromatization, um, you, you, your oestrogen is manufactured from your testosterone um, and two different types of testosterone. So it's this aromatization that, that basically turns our testo into estrogen and men aromatize less. right? So theoretically they have a higher ratio of estrogen to versus testosterone versus estrogen. But a lot of chemicals these days basically um, have the same molecular structure as one of those estrogens. So they can, slot straight into the receptor sites because let's just actually backtrack and what is a, what is a, a hormone? Mm-hmm. A hormone is simply a chemical messenger. It's basically like a horse with a rider and the horse gallops up and attaches itself to a hitching post and the rider can go off into the post office and de- de- deliver its telegraph. Mm. That's how it works, right? The problem is with endocrine disrupting chemicals that the horses look the same but the riders are different, mm. right? And then there's just too many horses. Yeah. Does that, does that kind of make yeah. – yeah. All right, so we know um, testosterone and estrogen, let's stick with those two, they're the ones that through, through puberty – Determine our secondary sex characteristics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what makes you know. That's what even even, bef- like, even before that, when you have your X and Y chromosome, okay, then you have your your boy. You get your testicles, and your girl, you have your you know your yeah your girl bits. <laughs> so basically, um, round about puberty, our bodies are signalled to respond to. Increasing um, testosterone of your boy from your um, testes, testosterone, and estrogen from us, from our ovaries, to develop those those um, those physical body parts that are sitting in our bodies. That's how it kind of works quickly, you know, puberty yep. 101. Yep. Unfortunately, backtrack since ni- 1895, probably, but really post war. After the war, we started seeing since, since World War II, 600,000 different chemicals have been released into, uh, have been um, patented or whatever you call it, you know. Um, only 10,000 have ever been tested because they basically told they are innocent until proven guilty. The nature of the testing means it's randomised, double-blind controlled trials, which means there's one single variant. Have a look what's in your shampoo bottle and how many different chemicals. No one tests one chemical against the other, and that's a synergistic effect. As herbalists and nutritionists, we talk about synergy in a positive way, but it can actually be negative as yeah. well.
0: Yeah,
1: Right? So this has kind of been happening since um, World War II. Um, I was at a, a, a seminar once, and um, Nicole Bishlama is her name, fantastic. Um, um, she's she's an Australian woman. And don't ask me to spell a surname because it's Polish <laughs> and it's ridiculous, um, but uh, BJI something. Um, so basically she gave a number and I'm like, that's a lot of zeros. How many um, tons get dumped into our globe every day, right? So I'm there with my calculator. 3,000 tons per second. What? Are released into our atmosphere Every second of the day, twenty four seven, and we you know with the whole COVID lockdown, we saw we, the people in Nepal saw the Himalayas for the first time, like mm. you know, and the Indian cities saw their beautiful their their Himalayas or their Alps. The, the pollution, the particulate rate dropped, and we're not mm. even talking about all the other chemicals, you know. And some of these are persistent organic pollutants. They are persistent for a reason. Mm. You can't get rid of that shit. So what happens? We've got to we've got to sequester it away in our bodies. Mm. So you know we we've got this rising obesity epidemic. Okay, people nutrition aren't great, but I, I, there's a lot of people who are overweight, and they tell me, "Oh, I don't actually eat that much," but they're probably toxic. Mm. And the only way we can sequester our toxins is through our fat. Mm. How is this related to obesity? Well, it's still it's still those horses. Yeah, the horses are still there, right? So now all of a sudden. These men are getting a lot more estrogen. And it starts as we talked about, you know, when when you I talked to it about in a previous podcast. So at let's talk about your grandmother. So we talk let's talk <coughs> about my husband's grandmother, because we're talking about men, right? So my husband's 62 years old. So I think grandma was born before the turn of the century. So then when she became a young woman and became pregnant with um Blaze mum, in 1929, right, um, when she was eight weeks pregnant, Blaze mum already started to develop as an eight-week embryo her ovaries. At eight weeks. Some people don't even know they're pregnant at eight weeks, mm. right? So in functional medicine we talk about the three pillars of health and how your genes get turned on from or off, get expressed or silenced, by the physical environment is one of the pillars of health. Um, So anything that grandma did in 1929, whilst she was pregnant, after eight weeks, would influence what my husband is now. Mm. So that is mind-blowing. Yeah. So this is the problem now. We're getting... See, the the oral oral contraceptive pill has been around since the 60s. Am I saying it's a bad thing? I actually probably do think it's a bad thing. I think, you know, a lot of people talk about the clots for the AstraZeneca vaccine. I'm pretty sure the oral contraceptive pill causes more side effects. Mm. It has been known to disrupt a woman's libido for the rest of her life, even when she stops taking it. Mm. I know there's a lot about freedom and sex and stuff, but there are other options out there, girls. Yeah. The problem is it is a hormone replacement therapy just like HRT is. They don't call it that. So the way it works, it pumps ton loads of estrogen, only in micrograms, but we are only in nanograms that we need. Yeah. Right? So this is all pumped into the woman's body. So basically she only uses enough to suppress her whole system, destroy her libido. Then she's got to wee the rest out. So it goes through the liver, it kind of gets broken down. If your gut's not right, it gets it gets recycled through enterohepatic circulation, and then it gets sequestered away in your fat, and then you fall pregnant and you get some morning sickness, and then you lose some fat, and then all mm. those hormones get released out. Okay, but it goes into our water supply. Now, my husband is works in wastewater, and he will tell you that there's no such thing as non-recycled water. Think about it. So basically. When we are in the drought, everyone's talking about Putumba and how they are going to recycle water. <laughs> it makes no difference. So you've got town A that does its water sewage treatment um, and it pumps into the river and then town B is downstream. Mm. In Australia, there's not much jurisdiction about how much, how much endocrine, I think we call it endocrine scrubbers, are on the water treatment. You know, when you think about in the Great, I think it's the Great Lakes, Do they have alligators in the Great Lakes? It's somewhere over there where there's alligators. Mm. And they have a high pesticide and stuff, which are also endocrine-stopping chemicals, right? So basically they've known since the 90s that the proportion, because with alligators it depends on lots of things, whether you have boy alligators or girl alligators apparently. Yeah. Right? So they've known since the 90s that the proportion of alligators in those lakes are becoming more and more female. Wow. Now if it's enough... To do that, what's it doing to our boys? Mm. Right? I can actually remember when I was midwifing, I was sitting in night duty in Labour ward, and I don't know, it was 19, 20, 21, maybe, I don't know, young. And there was a young midwife with me, and she um, found out she was pregnant. And she said, oh, I don't know how I'm pregnant, I've been taking the pill, maybe it was when I had that diarrhea, whatever. And I did not know, I did not know anything in those days about. This sort of stuff, mm. but I remember thinking in my night duty, bloody sleep deprived stupor, I hope she's having a girl, because that baby's just been bathed in the pill. And luckily, she did have a girl. But I often wonder, like, did that child have problems with, um, you know, uh, cancer of the of the uh, uterus or whatever? Because I mean, there was that the docs that morning sickness pill, I think, mm. that they gave to the mothers and it's the next generation that they're having cancer of their um, reproductive tracts.
0: Does that go back to um, the thalidomide babies?
1: It's It was by the same William McBride, yeah. yeah, but thalidomide's a different story. Yeah. But it's a different drug. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, but the same kind of principles. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. So,
1: you know, so, so now we've got this baby at eight weeks gestation and um, the gametes all, you know, the, well, did I say ovaries? I meant sperm. Sorry, testers, because we're talking about boys. Um, so the gametes are starting to form at eight weeks gestation. So everything that mother does, um, that grandmother does, is going interf- to interf- interfere or affect that next generation. So let's just think post-war now. So if your, if your grandmother birthed your mother like if so like me I'm born in 1963 so anything that my mother experienced while she was pregnant with me will affect my kids and their grandkids They say 17 generations so wow. of course we're going to start having a problem with male fertility yeah because they're the ones that they started you know um, that the 60s was the pill revolution and then hormone replacement and then um and then the, the and, and look don't get me wrong if we we can't. We I always say this is the plastic age. Like there was the bronze age and the and the iron age. This is the plastic age. We can't do without plastic. We've we've become so dependent on it. But if you put anything in plastic that's fatty or that you have to heat up, it's going to leach out these EDCs. Mm-hmm. And okay, then you go, oh well, what's water? You know, but you know what? How 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 long are those water? Um, Pallets been sitting in the car park at Big W before you buy them mm. in the sun. Mm. You know, no one cares about that. And it all heats up, and despite the fact they've actually found microplastic in those waters. And they've now actually found molecules of microplastic in the in the amniotic fluid, the most <laughs> pristine of environments. So it's pervasive, it's ubiquitous, and it's toxic. Mm. So my advice, you know, and when people come to see me for fertility. I do ask them to do a very expensive four hundred dollar test so I can see exactly what these hormones are, which ones are doing. We can't test for xenoestrogens of this test because th- It gives me the best bang for my buck, this Dutch test, right? I mean, we can test for estrogens, but I can bet your bottom dollar they're there anyway, especially with, you know, with sperm. Because sperm are like, they are. They look like like tadpoles. They're our biological indicators. Mm. You know, when I was studying science at uni, they used to say, tadpoles, look at the tadpole and the frog population to see how healthy your environment is. Mm. Well, (laughs) it's kind of the same, right? Mm. So when I first studied midwifery, 1986, what they actually consider a normal sperm count now, motility and morbidity and movement and all that stuff they check in sperm counts, what they consider normal now would not have been considered normal. They've moved the goalposts mm. because sperm are getting so affected by these, um, these endocrine disrupting chemicals and the estrogens. There's you no know, estrogens in our, um, in our environment.
0: And really, I mean, fertility clinics are popping up everywhere at the moment, aren't they? Because it's almost like an epidemic.
1: Well, that's right. And when I first started in practice in 2006, you know, people, the couple had come in and they, well, a woman had come in so they can't fall pregnant. And oftentimes it was as easy as reversing something called pregnenolone steal, get the progesterone up, boom, girl's pregnant. Now I insist on seeing both. Yeah. And um, and I talk a lot about detox and getting the hormones right. And in particular, if they've had IVF, not that I'm saying we can work in conjunction too, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Um, this is a real, real problem, and, the, and there's other things too. Like it's not just about the EDCs. Um, men are sitting on their tushes more. You know, you know. I say, um, you know, let your balls hang low, let them wobble to and fro. <laughs> sorry, now I've changed that song forever. I'm sorry, <laughs> because the testicles are outside the body for a reason. Mm. So now we're all wearing, you know, well, I'm not a boy, but men are wearing these jocks that have tucked their testicles right up and then they're sitting in a chair or, and no one exercises and then they're sitting on their lounge watching Netflix and so they they heat up. So I do, one of the things I suggest they get is a cool mat to sit on, mm. you know. So there's there's, there's there's lots of different things as well. Um, uh, stress. Stress does cause something called pregnenolone steel as men as well as women, you mm. know. Um so there's 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 more than just the endocrine disrupting chemicals but I am going to try, I'm trying to focus on that because it's you know these these are lifestyle factors we can change
0: yeah, and I think, it, you know, when you said, you know, since, since the war we've really seen this decline start, Yes, um, it's almost since the Industrial Revolution yes. that, that all of this has come yes. in, you know, because this is where those endocrine-disrupting chemicals have become prevalent Yes, and people are working in those industries, they're living in those yes. environments, they're ingesting it yes. unknowingly.
1: Yes, and we're not even talking about a extra electromagnetic fields. No. Because that is actually a thing. Right? Again, it's, you know, the people who are putting the towers up do, and I'm on my phone too, I get it, right? Mm. But, um, you know, try not to live anywhere near a tower, which mm. is becoming increasingly difficult with 5G. Mm. Turn your Wi-Fi off at night. The rule in our house, last one to bed, turns the Wi-Fi off. Yeah. You know? It can't just And it's, you're smiling right there. You don't do that. No, I don't.
0: Yeah. Well, no. there you go. Because I, th- I think the house would fall down <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're all, we, we you know, we, I always call them not-so-smart homes. Uh, we're so reliant on all that stuff.
0: <clears throat> yeah, when the Wi-Fi is down, look out. Jeez. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but whilst our body is detoxing at night, mm. surely we can live without our Wi-Fi. Mm. You know, at the moment I don't think smoke alarm, are they attacked to Wi-Fi these mm. days? Do they- Some of the new ones are. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I've still got one that makes a piercing noise. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that will affect um, how our bodies detox and, you know, and, and even if you don't believe in the Wi-Fi actually co- EMF's causing a problem, you know, you can actually um, think, well, it, if you don't have that to deal with at night when your body detoxes, it might be able to detox estrogen better. Mm. Pooping every day, the amount of people that don't poop every day, the longer your poop sits in your colon, the more likely you are to have this enterohepatic circulation, where the junk estrogens reabsorbed.
0: Oh,
1: right. So I see people who don't poop for weeks. So there, you're going to get a higher and higher limit of these estrogens in your body. But let's just go back to EMFs. We were somewhere up in Crows Nest, <laughs> and we were walking in a paddock somewhere, and they had those huge, you know, those huge, the really ugly transmission. They look like. Yeah. Robots, yeah, and it was a beautiful day. We we're right on the region, we we're looking around, and I said to whoever I was with, What's that noise? And he said, Oh, that's the, the things humming, you know. That and I went, Oh my gosh. And they've, they've done studies where they've put fluoro lights in the ground, just stuck them in the ground, not attached to anything under these lights, and they turn on. Get out! No, fair income. Um, it's a book I read called Something Fields. Something feels. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so if it does that to a fluoral light, what's it doing to us? We are energetic beings. Even if in the non-esoteric way, you think about what an atom is. It's surrounded by electrons,
0: mm.
1: right? So, of course, we're going to be affected by all this stuff. So, you know, if we're going to talk about what, okay, that's the doom and gloom, what are we going to do to prevent or to improve your fertility. So we can't do we, – we can't really correct the sins of the fathers, right? Yeah. But what we can do is to try and prevent more from happening in the next generation. You know, when, when we were young, Bindi, kids never had chronic disease, for instance.
0: No. Now, no. Now it was, I think it's one in eight as And some form some of infection. we didn't have all the allergies either. No, no, no. No.
1: Now I can remember as a school nurse so our first anaphylactic peanut allergy was a doctor's daughter. Wow. You know, probably lots of antibiotics. Mm. You know, yeah. So there's gut, but that's a different story. So absolutely. So basically before you even think about having a child, I would love to say, I usually say four months, but six months, at least maybe 12 months, start cleaning up your act. You know, change change all your plastic as much as possible. Try and, you know, you can go to... Vinnies and whatever and buy glass containers so you don't have to have Tupperware mm. in your pantry. It doesn't have, you know, just buy a whole bunch of, even Kmart or whatever has them all. Buy, buy glass to store your food in. Do not use cling wrap. You know, if you must use cling wrap for whatever reason, put some brown paper around it first. But, you know, the, the it's on your hands. So wash with soap and water after you, before you touch anything. Mm. You know, actually, categorically what's the worst form of this innocuous stuff is um, EFT
0: receipts. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. So they're really high in BPA. Right. Yeah, something to do with making them thermogenic or something. I don't know. Make so, yeah,
0: don't ask for the receipt. No, don't
1: <laughs> ask for a receipt. And I always say to my girls, I'm, wash your hands frequently, don't touch your mouths. And, you know, I gave them some gloves to wear, but that was a bit, you know, too complicated. But um, so... It, yeah. So yeah. Don't 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 have a reset. Certainly don't put it in your bloody. Ma- you know when you go to the car park and you mm. put your ticket in your mouth. Don't do any of that stuff. Mm. You know, wash wash. We're going to bang on about try and buy organic as much as possible. Pesticides in disrupt insects endocrine system.
0: And you know you were talking about um, the the Dutch test yes. before, and I've actually done that with you. Yes. and I know Time when, for another one probably. yeah, probably. Um, I know when uh, you brought it up with me, I was having all issues with my hormones, and um, you know, yeah, it is a significant investment, but I think it's worth it in the long run.
1: Well, you use the right term, and it is an investment.
0: Well, yeah, and it's an investment in your health. Yep. and what we found out from that were, were things that we would never have known if we didn't do that that's test. Exactly
1: right, and um, that's that's why it's great to get that done. With, you know, and then when you've got a couple, I'm talking eight hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it
0: it gives so much information that no no medical test ever does. No, it's a pity they don't cover it in Medicare because yeah. that would just be fantastic,
1: but they don't. Um, yeah, so you know, and you know, the the people come to me and go, Oh, I've had blood tests done for my hormones, but these are actually com- these are basically the functioning hormones, not the junk hormones that are left over, that yeah. sort of circulating bound in your albumin. So there, you know, it is, it is a very important test. And as I said, I don't do it lightly. Mm.
0: And I know you've also been talking about, you know, sperm count and, and mobility and morbidity and all that kind of stuff. Do you think there's a bit of a stigma that guys think there's nothing oh, wrong and they're not going to get it tested? 1, like, million
1: thousand percent
0: So like, it, it's like a, like a It's a masculinity thing, isn't it? Like if if you test that, then um, there's something wrong with me and I'm weak. But no, it's probably the strongest thing you can do is to have that
1: tested. Absolutely. And that is covered by Medicare. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: And, you know, um, actually there's quite a few guys that are really good about it these days. Mm. You know, it's probably getting in touch with their feminine side ironically. So... um, uh, but there is still a lot. There's nothing wrong with me, and I, and I still see women. that go, "Oh, I can't. No, my husband won't come." There's nothing wrong with me, and and I, you know, and and I say, "Well, I, I I can
0: try, but it's I don't know how effective it's going to be." And this is it. If you're wanting to have a, seriously wanting to have a child, it takes two people. Oh yes, you both have to be part of the solution. Yes, and it's not just a woman's responsibility.
1: No, and the thing is, you know, like many early miscarriages are sperm quality. Yeah. I think somewhere like
0: thirty percent mm. is sperm quality. So if you've got dodgy sperm, you're more likely to miscarry and early. Is the, is the research showing a higher rate of miscarriage? Um, you know, as time's gone on as well.
1: Early miscarriages, I think so. I'm not. I, I, can't, I haven't got the numbers, but the, the, there's. I think that was initial, and now we're getting onto the fact that you just can't fall pregnant.
0: Mm. So it doesn't even get to that no. stage. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I do. I've seen a lot of women with recurrent miscarriages, early misses. Mm. You know, and, you know, so um, – but, boys, like, there there is something you can do. Mm. You know, there is something you do can do. Wash your fruit and veggies to get that pesticide off. Ditch the plastic. The other one we need to talk about is that those PFAs. Mm. Don't ask me what they stand for. But they're the flame-retardant thingies, yeah. right? So um, if you've got a new car mm. – that new car smell is so toxic to our hormones, mm. so toxic. So when, when I got my new car, actually, much to my husband's horror, sat it in the sun for, a, 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 you know, a week or so and then just clean it. Like you could, you could, It was like oily all over by the time it sort of gassed off, you know. Wow. And um, so that that's really important. Um, um, as I said, try try not to to um, have any of that non-stick stuff. I've talked about that in like ad infinitum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, you know, and actually it's really interesting because when you get one of those Teflon saucepans home, have a, a new one, mm. have a look on the label. It does say, please remove birds and fish before you start cooking in this saucepan. It's fine to feed your family on it, but <laughs> get rid of bloody Woodstock the budgie. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's interesting because I had a couple, ironically, for fertility. I was going through all this because I really make a point of, making sure that they understand this. Um, and the husband, like, he was just quietly sitting there, the silent partner, and he went, oh, my God. I said, what? And he went, we had two peach faces that were dead one day on the kitchen floor and I'm pretty sure it was straight after we bought our saucepans.
0: Oh, get out. And I went, boom. Yeah. Mm.
1: So it happens. It's true. It's a thing. It's not hippie shit. Although the hippies were right, just quietly. <laughs> um, you know, this is the thing and, and I'm actually, and it's exactly in this book, it's 10% per decade. So old mate, the scientist in the 80s, I wonder A, if he's still alive mm. and B, if he's feeling a little bit vindicated now.
0: <laughs> That's just so, so incredible. So we're 40 years down the track now. Yes. And they just shift the goalposts for what's yes. normal.
1: yes, yes
0: instead of actually looking yes. at the fire burning underneath.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> or in functional medicine we've got a, um, a little comic where there's a sink that's blocked and overflowing and yeah. everyone's mopping the kitchen floor.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's coming thing. back to that Band-Aid and not the yeah, solution, right?
1: Yeah. And then I often think, well, you know, this is Mother Nature's natural selection trying to get rid of us because we're destroying her because she'll survive mm. once we're gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So but... Honestly, it is – six months is worth it. Again, as we talked about in the previous podcast, you just have to believe it.
0: Yeah, and I think if you make any of these changes, even if they're, you know, temporary – I think you're actually going to form some good habits and they're going to stick yes. with you for a while. And, and yes. I know I've made a lot of these changes since yes. seeing you as well. Yes. And you, you're going to just change the way you look at things yes. and, and the decisions you make around what you do with your food and, and what you buy and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, but I think the other bit that we haven't covered is you need to filter your water.
1: Oh, thank you. Boom. Mm. Jeez, you're fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's really interesting because water um, contains chlorine. Really handy because if you don't want to, you know, we know about the Giardia outbreaks yeah. in Sydney and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, And it also contains fluoride, uh, which is actually a byproduct of aluminium smelter. Mm. You know, they, um, the Environmental Protection Agency apparently won't let them dump it. So as my husband says, they dump it through our kidneys instead. So we have to filter it out.
0: Mm.
1: So um, fluoride is um, part of the halogen earths. Which is on the periodic table with the same as chlorine as well, yeah. Um, and iodine, mm-hmm. and iodine is um, one of the main components. Not all of the component, but one of the main minerals that used um, for thyroid hormone. Yeah. So you know, it's a bit like kids at the party playing musical chairs. It's like the receptor sites. So if you've got the party boy, um, and he is the iodine, and he, you know, he should really get a chair. Because it's his birthday. Yeah. Right. But then you've got thousands and thousands of gate crashes at this party. Or let's just say all the kids of the party are the iodines. Right. Right. This is pretty better. But we've had all these gate crash crashes into the. So the iodine party's been gate crashed by the fluoride party and the chlorine party, by the party kids. Yeah. So they all come in, they've all overwhelmed the chairs, and now none of the iodine kids have got a chair. Yep. So that's what works, like with the receptor sites. Mm. It's not going to be one hundred percent, because otherwise we die. But they do knock off the iodine on the receptor sites because they but all earths and they have a similar molecular structure. Mm. So, and of course, thyroid is the master conductor of the hormonal orchestra. Yeah. So it's going to thyroid <clears throat> is going to affect fertility. But the fact that chlorine kills bugs, as I said, but it also kills our bug, the ten to the power of fourteen microorganisms that live in our gut. Mm our little friends, that help us detoxify our estrogen. Yep. You know, and and uh, the thing is I don't know if our filters get rid of the hormones in the water. Mm. Nobody can actually tell me this. Right. So uh, filtering the water, I don't know if it's going to get rid of the hormones, we, we, but we, what we have to do is decrease our toxic burden. Mm. It might do some of it. But no, honestly, if someone's got some information, please contact me because I cannot for the life of me find it. Yeah. There's no water filter that claims it will get rid of hormones.
0: Right. Because it probably doesn't. But, I mean, all the other toxins it would... Yeah,
1: absolutely. So all the pesticides and stuff, which are also the endocrine disruptors and whatever, the problem with this particular study, this fertility, it is actually a lot to do with the actual other stuff too. Hormones, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot to consider and a a lot to um, prepare for. And I think it's kind of the theme, um, you know, coming out in recent episodes is that we just need to prepare for these life events. Yes, exactly, Mm. exactly. And
1: be the change Mm. you want to see. That's it. Right, and be a believer. Like, you know, er, historically, I mean, think think of George Washington, for instance. You know, he went to the most eminent doctors to treat him for the flu. He didn't go to the herbal lady. Mm. So what did the doctors treat him with antinomy, heavy metal and bloodletting? So he actually died from the medicine. Oh, wow. It would have been a good idea if he went to the herbal lady.
0: Mm. But
1: herbal lady was shunned because don't forget we're the witches that yeah. haven't been. witches of Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, we the witches that haven't been um, vindicated yet.
0: Mm. Food for thought. Food for thought. Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. For more information on functional medicine in Alex's practice, visit HealingHandsIpswich.com.au.